Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Browntree, and you are tuned into the June 22nd edition of Rhetorically Speaking. Pro I'm about to say props to those of you who are watching on Facebook Live and YouTube Live and Instagram Live, but you know what? I'm not live today. This is a pre-recorded episode, so I appreciate those of you who are watching on YouTube and who are listening on wherever you, you get your podcast episodes, so whether it's, it's Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, what are, it's, it's so many different ones. Is this on title? It might be on title because uh, Jay told me to go to title. So I think I, I signed up for title and, and Apple podcast. So salute to you wherever you are listening to this at. So listen, we got a dope show on tap for you today. We will be talking graduation. It's been a lot of graduation shenanigans taking <laughs> taking place across the country. But I want to talk about two specifically. One that's taken place here in Philadelphia that got a lot of uh, national attention. And then another, I have no idea where this is located. I literally just saw it this morning of a, of a young black sister who she was going to say her name. She was going to say her name, but we definitely going to get into that. And last but not least, we're going to talk about that submarine. We're going to talk about that, that Titanic submarine that is lost. And I'm not, I'm, I'm resisting the urge to make a joke. Because we're talking about people. We are talking about humanity. And I, again, it's, listen, man, I just want to say I, I'm not on Twitter, but black Twitter know how to take a serious situation and bring some levity to it. That's one of the things I appreciate about being black. So we definitely going to get into that. But first, I want to talk about something, right? I want to talk about something real quick. So just indulge me. I'm getting old, right? I'm getting old. I'm starting to lose my keys more often. And I think that's the sign where I, I don't know if it's like you and I'm not making light of anybody who's having memory loss issues. Right. Uh, Alzheimer's, anything like that. But I'm starting to become just a little bit more forgetful. So I woke up this morning right at 430. Again, another sign that I'm 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 aging into aging gracefully into elderhood. Right In, into into elderhood. So I woke up at four thirty, chill for a minute because that's what old heads do. We just want to take in the just taking the environment. We know the world is calm, and so I call those the Toni Morrison hours because she talks about how she did a lot of her writing. You know, God bless the ancestor. She did a lot of her writing when the sun was down. Right, it was just calm. It was peaceful. She her mind was flourishing at that time, as opposed to later in the day, which I also recognize for myself to to be true so i chilled right had to do a radio hit in in utica new york shout out to mv mckee and after i did my radio hit it's just like okay you know what i'm gonna go to the gym let me go to the gym before i i, I record at 12 o'clock got up got myself together started looking for my keys couldn't find my keys at all and so I, I know a lot of times we get flustered when we look, when we lose something, we start to look, we start to look around for it. And so I was just like, I'm not going to get flustered. 45 minutes pass and I still haven't found my keys. And then I had the bright idea. Well, you know what, Phil, you do have a spare set of keys. And so I started looking for the spare set of keys. 20 minutes later, I still hadn't found the spare set of keys. Something said, Phil, maybe, you, maybe, just maybe. You left your keys, your original set of keys in the car because you was in the car reading. That's just a, a place where I like to read. 
So I went back out and lo and behold, the door was open and I drive a Kia. And if you know anything about Kias, they taking them joints, right? The Kia boys, it was TikTok trend. They taking Kias out here. I wasn't going to beat myself up for leaving the door open. I'm just thankful. Okay, maybe it's, maybe they are in here. And I had the club on because, again, I don't want the Kia sold to get stolen. Keys weren't in there. The original keys, that is. So I'm like, let me look under the seat. I look under the seat and guess what's there? Not the original set of keys, but the spare key. So I had the spare key in the car with the door open. And I haven't seen that spare key in at least two to three weeks. At least two to three weeks. I had given up on it. I thought it was long gone, but my car was still there. So I was like, I, I, it can't be in a car. It just can't be. So, you know, I was able to get the club off because I, I had the key there, went to the gym, came back, started looking again because I'm like, you know, what? I need my headphone case because it's attached to my key ring. I walk up to sit down in my office and guess what I see? Sitting right there. My original keys. And so, again, I don't know what this says about me. And I don't get high anymore. My mom might be listening to this. She'd be like, you need to stop doing the edibles. I haven't done an edible in like a month. At least four to five weeks. But I think this is more. I didn't lose my keys when I was taking an edible to go to sleep. So if I learn nothing from this, take an edible, I won't lose my keys. Unless it's the spare key, which don't really matter. <laughs> but again, thank you for indulging me. We're going to get right into this. And, and again, if you are listening to this on the streaming site, go ahead and, and go to YouTube at Philip Roundtree. You can click and make sure you click the you can either click the home button or the live button. It should pop up here this episode and you'll be you'll be able to see all the fancy stuff that I got going on. And the, the only fancy stuff really is you get to see a picture of what I'm talking about today and you get to see the video of this young sister who, who wanted her name said at her graduation. But we're going to first start with this story that is based here in, in Philadelphia. So on June 9th, during a graduation ceremony, 17-year-old Hafsa Abdul Rahman performed a short gritty dance. And we know what the gritty is. Listen, I don't have the coordination to do the gritty. I'm starting to get windy. I, do it got something to do with your eyes, I think, too? But just go Google the gritty dance. And after she did the, gra- the gritty dance at her graduation, she literally did it for about two to three seconds. She got up to the principal and the principal said, no, 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 no. You are not going to get your diploma that you earned, that you worked your ass off for four years to earn you're not going to get that right now for, for the two seconds of you doing that gritty dance or more importantly, that two seconds of you exhibiting black girl joy. No, you don't get to do that. And so when I initially saw it, I was just like, this is preposterous. Like as educators, what are we doing when we are policing? When we are policing the joy out of celebratory events. It's not like she she was up there and she hit the Dougie and then she hit the gritty and then she hit the wipe me down. Then she did a Tootsie roll and then did a backflip to get it. She did a little a, a brief little walk, right? That that had a little jazz to it. 
something that black folk have been doing since the beginning of time. Because we're just rhythmically inclined. And this might actually go to another conversation when we talk about about educators and non-black educators who have no understanding about tradition amongst black folk. Right. Music and rhythm has been a part of our our celebratory efforts. Way before you recognize uh, us being here, you know, this starting point that you've identified for black folk which is the enslavement of Africans. No, 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 Way back, way before that. Back when we were kings and queens and we weren't just kings and queens. We were kings and queens. We were laborers. You know, we got to dispel that notion. Everybody wasn't kings and queens. But the fact is we were free. Before colonialism, right? But I digress. And so we, we're talking about this this experience for this young lady. And the school clapped back and said, well, listen, they were told the rules, the rules and the regulations. There will be no dancing. There will be no celebrating. Tell your family. If they scream with joy. You will not get your diploma. And it's just like, what are we doing here? But then it dawned on me. How is it that we view education in society? So many folks say, we tell kids, listen, this is work. This is your job. This is your job. This is your work. School, and this is why or a, a lot of the reason why they don't like it. School isn't work. It isn't a job. It's supposed to be an environment where you're allowed to explore. You're not only exploring and and learning about about fundamental academic concepts, but you're also learning how to engage with one another. Yes, a component of that is, yes, you're learning how to, to adhere to rules and regulations. But also a part of that rules and regulations, some of them are unjust, some of them um, are unfair, some of them are racist, some of them are uh, uh, misogynistic, misandronistic, and again, just flat out racist. But then we have to start looking at who are these individuals who are implementing these rules, And they come up with this this idea, well, if we let one person do it, then we have to let them all do it. Okay, and? So what if everybody claps for their student, for for their family, for, for for their loved one as they walk across the stage? What big deal is that in the grand scheme of things? But the thing is, educators and specifically administrators are so hell bent on policing the joy of black and brown folks specifically because they have none. And yes, it does look different. Across the across the racial spectrum. And so when we think about this young, this young sister. Think about what she had to navigate. She had to navigate COVID. 
virtual learning environments that are piss poor. She had to navigate having to become reacclimated to being in person. She had to she had to look at and again, I'm, I'm not saying whether this happened to her personally, but just as far as the black community, she had to watch black and brown folk be disproportionately impacted by COVID-19, watching them die. Many of us know at least one person who was severely ill or who have died from COVID-19. Speaking of black and brown folk. She had to, 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 to navigate living in a post 9-11 world. Where being Muslim, even though pre 9-11, we know how white folks specifically looked at, at Muslims. But it got worse post 9-11 and we're still feeling the effects of that. She has to navigate these, 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 these neighborhoods, these cities where this city where violence is at an all time high to be able to get to a learning environment. Where I don't know if, if what the, what the, the ethnic racial and ethnic makeup of girls high is. But where I'm sure she's, she's experienced some systemic racism in some form or fashion. She's experienced some massage noir. That's just the, the day in the life of being a black woman here in America. And so I'm glad folk push back against that. But again, when we go to this overarching issue, they've been trying. And again, they, right? They, yes. Those who uphold white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, white imperialism. They have been uh, forcefully trying to legislate joy out of out of black folk. Whether it's, it's trying to, to, to whip it out of us, kill it out of us. Segregate it out of us. That's been the agenda. And from my perspective, this is no different. And then you see Girls High uh, uh, alumna come out and say, well, we agree with her. Of course, you're going to agree with the principal. And when I say her, I'm referencing the principal. Of course, you're going to agree with her. I believe it was the Philadelphia Inquirer. They had a quote from some white woman. Girls High class of 1964, I believe it was. And when I read that quote about we stand behind the principle, they were warned. My immediate response was, who gives a fuck about what Ja Rule thinks in a time like this? That's maybe the only thing that was funny from Dave Chappelle. But who cares what this, this 70, 80 year old white woman has to say? Who, if, 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 if FanDuel had, had some betting odds on it, I would bet the over that she used the N-word point, 
0.5 times in her life. She said it at least once. And so it was just like, again, this is what it, this is what administrations do, right? You stand behind the people that you that you put in place. The good brother, Dr. Carr from from Howard University, he always says when we talk about the educational system. It's the teachers and the students. Who are the heart and soul, the bread and butter of the learning environment. Everybody else, administrators, principals, you help facilitate and cultivate that relationship. And in a moment. In a moment. Where this this principal, this white woman had the opportunity to say, you know, yeah, I know it's the rules, but let me just give this to her. Maybe let her know after. Listen, hey, what you doing, baby? Like, come on, baby, what you doing? Right. You could have said you could have saved that for afterwards. Even though, again, I think this is a, it's an antiquated rule. A problematic rule. Because who does it impact again directly black and brown folk? We know for so many high school is the pinnacle. For so many here in America. Even though this young sister may go on to college and go on to do some great things. That's not necessarily a guarantee. And so what something what being the adult means sometimes is, you know what? Yes, I, I recognize there are rules and regulations, but let me take a step back. Let me just see who is this harming? Is this harming anybody? No, I didn't harm anybody. What harmed folk were. When she didn't give this young sister her diploma. The Alumni Association said, listen, you know what? We're going to take a step. You know, since this happened, we're going to go look at our, our rules and regulations and we're going to have a collective conversation. I'm sure to a person, and that's why I feel comfortable in saying that they probably didn't engage the student body. They didn't take a poll. Hey, should we allow individuals to do maybe a, a two second dance to put up the the black power fist to take a bow where they can be acknowledged they didn't do that because again and this is what happens so often and we see it in, in so many arenas old folk forget they was young Again, I, you know, I, I, you know, I talk a lot about capitalistic hove, Jay-Z. And I forget what song he said, but he said, yo, Tupac had a nose ring too. Like we forget that. So we castigate young folk for, for wearing the poo shiesty, for having nose rings, for having hair and clothing different, just, just expressing themselves creatively. We forget that that's what we used to do. And I'm, I'm putting myself in there as well. We forget. Because again, this goes back to that original point. American society works their damnedest to take the creativity, to take the joy, to take the love of life out of you. 
You are a cog in the wheel of capitalism. So I want to salute that young sister. And hopefully she continues to gritty her way through life. Don't let them take that joy from you. And so speaking of taking joy from you. We're going to get into this next story. And I have no idea this sister's name. I don't know what school this was. I don't know too much about this situation, but what I do know is I feel this sister's passion. I feel her energy and she was going to be her. Take a listen. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations, sister. So this young sister was not playing. And I want to do what? I want to applaud the young sister. Now, granted, I maybe need a little bit more context to what was taking place. And subsequently, she did drop two videos on TikTok explaining more about her position and why she snatched the, she snatched the hell out of that mic from that white woman. She said, she did the scorpion. Get over here. <laughs> right. She grabbed that joint and she said her full, she did exactly what she said. I'm going to say my full name. This is my moment. I'm not going to let you take my joy. Again, it's a lot to do with these white folk, these white women who are taking the joy from these young black sisters, from young black folk. At Girls High, she wasn't the only young sister who didn't get their diploma. At that moment, they had other people because their family cheered for a few seconds. They didn't get their diploma. Then they're holding people accountable for the actions of others. And so this young sister said, she said, listen, I sat. And I watched myself and, and a couple sisters next to me. And we saw how when these white folk went up, they got the microphone. They got an opportunity to say their whole name. But when a black person walked, got up there. They might have been able to say their first name, a little bit. Of, I, uh, I am Philip Rouge. Before I even get Roundtree out, they were snatching the mic. And so this sister said, nah, we're not playing this game. You're going to get down and you're going to lay down. Give me that microphone. I'm going to say my name. I'm going to let you know this is my moment. I'm reclaiming my time, like Sister Maxine Water said. I am reclaiming my time. And we are talking about, see, this is different than high school. Unless this young lady had a scholarship at this college slash university slash trade school, whatever it is, she's paying out of pocket for this. And so many times in these white institutions, these administrators do their damnedest to, again, what? Legislate the joy to take the blackness from black folk. Where you can't show up as your authentic self. Or as much of your authentic self that the environment allows. 
And despite graduating from four PWIs myself, I never advocate for, for black folk to go to white institutions. Because much like with segregation, they don't love you like that there, baby. Even though I have my qualms with, with black institutions, at the bare minimum, I know it's going to be black folk there. And I'm going to find joy. I'm going to find community, even if they want to operate like they, like they are predominantly white institutions. I don't have to sacrifice as much of myself as I have to do when I go to a predominantly white institution. And so this sister said, no, I'm going to have my moment. I will be heard. And so, yeah, I, I salute that sister. And that's it. I salute that sister. <laughs> Keeping the party going, and it's this 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 might be shaping up to be a, a a quick one. And shout out to Stanley who I got on my on my t shirt, and and I think it's, it might be apropos. I don't know if you can see it again if you're watching on if you're listening on on the streaming service. Go on over to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and what it is is Stanley is saying from the office, boy, have you lost your damn mind? And that's how I feel about these white folk. They done lost their damn mind. But again, they become so comfortable in operating in this space. When you hear the alumnus say, this, this person has led with love and, and compassion. According to whom? You? And it's not to say this person isn't a good principal. It, it could have been just a, a moment where they allow rules and regulations, law and order, and this affinity for it to shape the outcome of this situation. And since we're here, I want to talk about the black folk who uphold this idea of white supremacy. This brother on Facebook, I'm not going to say his name. He posted that I, I agree with the girls high alumni. This young woman will be a leader in society. She needs to understand how to follow rules and regulations. And again, when we start to think about what Fran, the, you know, the, the, the elder, the, the Jegna, France Fanon talks about this idea of the colonized mind. Or what's the what's the comedian? I, f I forget the comedian's name right now. I could picture his face like who raised you? That's what I want to know. When you use law and order, rules and regulations and to weaponize it against black folk. Like what part of the game is that? But even with this brother, I see him taking pictures with cops and stuff. So it makes sense. I, I don't use the term every all skin folk and kin folk. But I get why folk do. And so there's this obsession of doing the work of, of whom? Of the master. So you get the overseer who can keep black folk in line. Because that's what he's saying. That's what folk who agree with what was taking place, especially black folk. We're going to keep these Negroes in line. Because if we keep them in line, they can't do what? They can't, they, they, they can't, uh, uh, 
upset the status quo. We need to keep this toxic white supremacist homeostasis running. Because again, what, what, what might it look like if we lead with love? We might have a different economic system. We might have a different political system. If black joy led the way. So, yeah, man, I, I, I plague on both your houses. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm hit you with that. I don't know where that came from, but a plague on both your houses if you believe in that. So I was going to get into the story with the, the missing submarine and the, the, the rescue mission that is, is taking place. But you know what? I'm going to save that for, for Monday because I think it might reach its, its conclusion by then. I, I just hope they do find these people because billionaire, millionaire or not. Listen, I do believe in shared humanity. So, uh, but we'll touch on this story on Monday. Until next time, peace.